Welcome to No Flip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Reverend. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about The Evil Within 2, a game that was developed by Tango Gameworks, published by Bethesda Softworks, a lot of works going on in mm-hmm. there, and was released in 2017 on Windows, PS4, and Xbox One. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, <laughs> The Evil Within 2, there are a couple of things I want to address first. And mm-hmm. one of them is going to lead into a conversation, and the other one is going to dead end immediately. So uh-huh. let's get that out of the way. Uh, no, we have not played The Evil Within. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we have played it, but we have not finished the game. Uh or at the very least, I have played it. I played it potentially in your presence, or you played it and have forgotten. I don't know which. Yeah, I, I, it had to have been you playing, and I was drunk. That or is something because it, I, it's no bells were rung in the playing of this entire game. I have no memory of the evil within one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but I think it it helps to at least get the context uh, of why this game out of the way. Um, and it's basically two reasons. Uh, one, somebody in our discord was talking about this game at some point. Uh, and I think this was like years ago, but it put the seed in my head of like, I should try the second game. And why should I try the second game? Because I didn't like the first game. Uh, (laughs) I didn't play that much of it. So it's possible that I would have hit a point where I did start enjoying it. But the very early hours of the game, I was not really digging. It was it wasn't up my alley in a in a certain way. Um, so I, I skipped it. I put it down. Uh, and then when Halloween came around, I thought maybe this is the opportunity for us to play the second game. And so we did. Uh, I don't know about you, but I did watch a plot summary of the first game before playing the second one just to make sure I was up to speed. I did not. Nice. Uh, and it really does feel like they drop you in in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah. There's multiple instances of, of this game making really obvious and direct reference to the first game. And doing so in a way that you playing the game, not having played the first one, are instantly aware that this is a reference to the first game. Like, it, it's not like, oh, maybe this is like subtle backstory that I'm just not privy to. No, it's like, it basically is like, hey, do you remember in the first game when you were in that hospital and that guy with the chainsaw chased you around? Here he is. Here's the guy. Like, I remember that because it happens pretty early in the game. Uh, But if you've not played the first game, there's just huge chunks of story in this game that aren't going to make much sense. Uh, But anyway, that's that. Uh, That's why we're doing... Uh, the, evil, the Evil Within 2, it's because I didn't like The Evil Within. <laughs> um, and it was a game that I was excited for, too. Um, the the game, uh, Tango Gameworks as a whole, was started by Shinji Mikami, who uh, is one of the people behind Resident Evil. And, like, <laughs> I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I've been playing those games for a long, long time. Uh, and then this game comes out, and it's like, look, what if we did, like, a survival horror game that's like a big triple A thing, uh, but 
shrunk down a bit. Uh, and I, I was into the idea, and I was really bummed that I bounced off of it. To the point where I bought the game twice, because I bought it on PC, and my PC couldn't run it at the time. And then I bought it again on PlayStation 4, because I was like, a console game just has to work out of the box. And it did, and that's when I figured out that I didn't really want to play it. So I was doubly bummed, because I was also out like 40 bucks, but whatever. Yeah, and I, I think... But one of the things that stands out the most when you start playing it is it's just trying to do Resident Evil 4 uh, mechanically, pretty much, but kind of mixed with, like, The Last of Us and maybe a little bit of Silent Hill thrown in there. Yeah, I would go... I would quadruple down on that. Uh-huh. I think the game just shows its its inspirations really obviously. Mm-hmm. This game owes a ton to The Last of Us. I think it's the most prevalent uh, influence that I can detect. Uh, and then Resident Evil 4 definitely owes something to that. Uh, as well as just like 2010's game design <laughs> as a thing, uh, which isn't a knock against it because it came out in the 2010s, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, feels of the time, uh, which is still sort of this time, but five years ago, we've mm-hmm. made a lot of different changes into what's like popular, and as as far as like 2017 popular game design, this ticks a lot of the boxes. I do also want to shout out that... This game fits squarely in the noclip coined definition. This is a big rooms game. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely a big rooms game. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't really play a lot of shooters or like games that would have been popular in the last like ten years. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't. Know. It it didn't feel like unique or anything. But like it felt like a little bit of a different flavor to me. Uh, outside of like the obvious references, it felt like a kind of game style I haven't played a ton of. Because yeah, like I compared it the Silent Hill I think comparison is just that like the beginning of the game you're in like this town and like there's just like houses you can go into and you mm-hmm. might go into the house and like a spooky ghost lady sucks you into like a little like linear level thing where she chases you around and like I was digging it. Yeah, you know, like it, I don't know, it it felt both super derivative of certain things but also kind of like a remix of like a couple of different kinds of design yeah uh, yeah i can kind of see that because like this game i've had it pitched to me i didn't actually check to see how this game advertises itself but as sort of like an open world uh survival horror game which i don't know we could talk about that if we wanted yeah, I mean, to open world is just a buzzword it is when it comes to marketing <laughs> We know that it isn't actually an open world game because it's a big rooms game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just not linear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's not linear, kind of. You go, mm-mm. you have to go from room to room, but each of those rooms is big and has a lot of things you can do inside of it. Textbook big rooms game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a, 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 an open world survival horror game is not in and of itself an impossibly bad idea. But I think that it had it had its fingers in the brains of the people making this game uh, about, like, this is sort of a necessity for the open world design that I think were kind of a net negative impact. 
And what sucks is that that openness of the first part is is some of my favorite design in the game. But then other elements of design kind of suffer because of it. And also, the first couple hours of this game are brutal, <laughs> like, as compared to the rest of it. Uh, it seems like it would be very easy to bounce off of this. Yeah, it, it is pretty hard to start out. Like, there was, um, right outside of, like, O'Neill's safe house, like, off to the left, like, mm-hmm. where you get the the crossbow, crossbow. Uh, there is, like, an encounter there which I died to, like, five times. Like, it was, like, really hard. <laughs> and it's just, like, yeah, it just felt like... And I think I should kind of want that in a survival horror. Like, I can't uh, remember with, like, great detail how hard, like, Resident Evil 4 is at the beginning um, or, like, The Last of Us or whatever. But it, it, I feel like it's it makes sense in this kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it did feel, like, pretty oppressively hard at the beginning. And, like... I don't remember exactly the point where it kind of feels like it levels out, but like not too long after that, um, there's a section, I think when you first go to the marrow mm-hmm. and you do whatever, that little chunk of the game, where I just felt like I had like a shit ton of ammo and it's just like I had like a bunch of everything and there's the, you come up against the boss with like the three heads and the buzzsaw arms yeah. and I just like had enough shotgun ammo to just fucking kill the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a little bit of like an uneven curve there for the first like chunk of the game. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting difficulty curve. I think it is not good. Like from a <laughs> from a really uh, objective standpoint, because I think that you really want the game to encourage players to enter that flow state. Maybe a little bit less so in survival horror because you want the player to feel uncomfortable. But if anything, you should be pulling back on the player. You want them to be a little bit behind the curve at all times. And I feel like this game wants to be a survival horror game like Resident Evil, like the Resident Evil game, where you don't have a ton of resources and you want to make every shot count. And I think when it commits to that, it does it really well. But then I think it also wants to be like a Resident Evil 4 and wants to have like relatively frequent mini-boss and boss fights. And so it's forced to continually dump resources on you. And so you do end up with like these moments where you go oh shit, like, nothing is a challenge to me right now because I've got infinite bullets or whatever. Uh, So, I don't know. It's... (laughs) uh, To, like, to expose myself and show my thesis a little bit early, Mm -hmm. I ended up really liking this game in a way that I kind of wasn't expecting given my experience with the first one. But these are the, the issues that I have. I feel like it needs a general smoothing over the whole game to make the beginning a little bit less brutal and the later parts of the game a little more brutal because I found it had that sort of descending difficulty curve as you start to power up and get more stuff. Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. Um, like especially, I do about the beginning, like 100%. I think it's a bit too hard to start out. Um, but I don't know. Once like you got, like I got to like City Hall ish like after that buzzsaw boss um (laughs) it felt like it kind of evened out for me and like i i favored stealth a lot so it felt like when i was like overloaded on resources like i earned it 
Yeah. But that might just be a side effect of how I was playing. So I don't know how I, if I can uh, say definitively or not. But I don't know. It felt like the difficulty felt like, like a, not like a, say like a sweet spot. Because there were like parts that felt a little rough to me. But like it, 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 it felt like appropriate to me once you got past like the first third of the game. Yeah, that could be a thing. I also know that you played this game natively on console, and I played it on PC. Um, and so there could be a, a few differences. PC aiming is notably easier to do. Uh, in this particular instance, I was using a controller. Yeah, which that's fair. get the help of uh, aim assist, which is a little bit broken in this game. I didn't turn it on. I played without the aim assist. I didn't turn it on. It just happens when you uh, plug a controller in. Interesting. Well, when you start the console version, it asks you if you want to play with it or without it. Interesting. I don't I don't know. Most console games have aim assist just by default, but mm-hmm. I can't speak on this, so I won't belabor the point. Um, but it did make, like... Uh, it was a thing that I had to, like, actively sort of think about, like... Am I taking too much advantage of this in order to make it? Because it made the handgun the best gun in the game by, like, a huge margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, like you, uh, was just all in on stealth. As far as upgrades go, I basically put nothing into any trees until the ma- until the stealth tree was maxed out. Oh, yeah. Like, nothing seemed helpful in comparison to, like, Bottle Break or the, like, sneaking being better. Like, because... You have two options when you encounter an... We have multiple options. You have sneak behind somebody and kill them. You have shoot them with bullets. You have run away. And it just seems like stealth is the correct answer, and the other ones are worse other possible solutions, or what you do when stealth goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Because when you kill something, you get experience points. Or resources. Mm -hmm. Green goo. Yeah, and if you shoot people, then you're using resources. But if you stab them, you aren't using resources. So it's really like, it seemed weighted so heavily in the stealth column that it, it just didn't seem worth anything else. Which, I would argue, yes, probably does add to the having a glut of resources issue. But then at the same time, I did find myself like outside of boss rooms with like, shotgun shells i couldn't pick up because i had too many mm-hmm. but it does they were just giving me resources in big piles uh at, during points of the game yeah and because a, of the boss yeah and like a lot of boss fights will have ammo pickups re like uh spawn in the room yeah because they can't have you run out of it <laughs> and if you stab the boss and not shoot him then you just get more reason you're and you end up net positive mm-hmm. off of a lot of bosses because you can just run around the arena and grab all the shells you didn't use yeah i went with a pretty even three-way split between health stamina and in stealth because uh, I-, <laughs> I i am uh just that type of person where i can't not uh, increase my health <laughs> in stamina i've never found a reason to upgrade the stamina mm, because I, I didn't run really yeah I, I ran away a lot at the beginning mm. of the game so it seemed useful like that for especially for it to like recharge faster that makes a little bit of sense i eventually expect a bunch into the recovery tree yeah which i thought was going to be useless for most of the game uh but the like near death regenerating thing 
ended up saving me a little bit at the during the last level, so I guess that kind of makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really that important, though. Because we're talking about the difficult yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember which tree, like, the fast, uh, like, uh, crouched walk is in, but that was, like, one it's of my favorites. the stealth fa- tree. Yeah. Okay, the good yeah. tree. I say, that was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. so, so useful to be able to just tail behind an enemy at more than point zero zero one miles an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, and they design encounters around... I mean, I I think they design a lot of encounters around trying to get you to not be able to stealth, which don't work most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll like an enemy will pop up and be like, "Ooh, rawr!" and then you just stay crouched, and then they forget that you're there, and they walk away, and you just stab them anyway. Like he's trying to scare you into using a bullet. And it worked on me a few times. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to work occasionally. <laughs> yeah. But if you just keep a cool head, then nothing happens. Yeah, you, you can save it a lot of the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does, it feels, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I, I wish that there was not more of that, because I think that feels kind of lazy, but, like, more natural, like, more open areas where it's difficult to sneak around or make the stealth perks less great. (laughs) Yeah. Like the, the section of the town where the theater is Mm. like the, the later part of the game, like when you go back there and like the pyro guys are all there, it was probably the hardest to like stealth around. uh, Cause the enemies are now remixed and there's a bunch of them just wandering. Yeah. It was a weird experience for me, because it was, we were mentioning at the beginning of this game, feels really hard, especially for a first-time player of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> when I when I first start playing the game, uh, I'm going through the opening area, and you kill some enemies, and you're like, oh, neat. Okay, so you can, like, clear the areas. You can remove all the enemies. And then they do, like, a fucking Breath of the Wild Blood Moon thing where all the enemies just grow back. And I was like, oh, damn it. (laughs) I ran from enemies during that part of the game. Me too. Well, especially because they had the crawly... uh, The dogs. Were they dogs? No. They're okay. like two people stitched together with big teeth ma- they mouths. They have a big maw, yeah? Yeah. But, but anyway, they so... behave as dogs. Okay, so the dog enemies. Like, <laughs> I think they're like the hardest enemies in the game. Yeah, they are. Uh, and there's just like a bunch of them at that part. So yeah, I just stopped exploring a lot. Like, Because there was one part I was trying to go like in between houses and stuff and try to explore the nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just walk in and, like, one falls out of a tree and just kills the crap out of you. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to go in the nooks and crannies anymore. Yeah, no, fuck the and nooks it, and the crannies. <laughs> and it made me um, regret that, though, later, because you never go back to that town. Yep. And it really feels like it should have had you revisit it at least once. And I think that's a failure of the marketing as well. Once again, when I say marketing, I mean what people have told me about the game. <laughs> the word of mouth? Yeah. Because I, in, when somebody tells me something is an open world game, or at least has open world tendencies. Some z- zones. Some zones. Some big rooms. Some big rooms. Well, if they had said big rooms, I would have known exactly what to expect. Yeah. But they don't know the word yet, because we're not as world famous as yeah. we should be. They aren't cultured like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... 
the the nature of an open world game, my assumption is that you're going to be able to go back to the other areas. But like you get past the first boss and they just nuke the map. They're like it's a different map now. Also, fuck you if you there was that one call that you didn't go in because there was a scary lady standing under a, a streetlight. Mm-hmm. And so you said, I'll come back to it. And then you aren't permitted to ever go back to it. Yeah, I also felt very dumb and then regretted this a lot. Um, I did this with Resident Evil 7 when I played that. Like, I'd run into a bunch of bobbleheads and you were just like, what's up with these bobbleheads? And I was like over halfway through the game before I realized you're supposed to break them yep. with the knife. I did that with the statues in this. I think I ended up getting a total of like five out of all of them because like I just didn't realize you, uh, it. it's in the capture footage. Good. Like I see one and I just I'm like and hit it with a knife like you see me make the realization that i can do it and it's the first one i'm getting that's great uh Uh, and i was like oh there's all those ones in the town that i didn't break god damn it well if it makes you feel any better i broke the very first one that i saw Mm. and i ended the game with four keys Mm. uh and one of them i think i won from a mini game Uh, so i did not i i basically found zero of uh, those that surprises me that I'm, felt like a very you mechanic to me. I thought you were going to be like, I had all the lockers open. <laughs> you're thinking of, uh, uh, what is that game? Uh, no More Heroes, where instead of playing the <laughs> yeah. game, I just ran around. I was actually having fun in this game. Sure. So I didn't run all over the place looking for statues. Yeah, I don't. it just seemed like the kind of collectible that you would click with to me. Yeah, it is. Okay, all right. So this is actually, we're going to launch into a series of topics mm-hmm. and i'm gonna put a stop right here and say if you are for some reason listening to all of the halloween episodes in chronological order maybe get a pen and paper uh and start writing some notes here because some of these are going to come up on later episodes and you'll know that i'm calling back to what i talked about on this one I think the keys are a great design as a collectible because it's a collectible that you that is one hard to find, mm-hmm. not like marked on a map yeah, like a in secret. No More Heroes, yeah. yeah, like a legit secret, and you get a reward that is meaningful every single time that you get one. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think that's amazing. I wish all collectibles were like this in some way, unless it was like. You know, there's, like, Doom or whatever. It's, like, get soundtrack shit, but, like, it's really unimportant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I really like the nature of them. I didn't engage super hard where I was scouring every cranny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those nooks and crannies. We I hit discussed. some of the nooks. Yeah. <laughs> I love the crannies But the crannies, uh-uh. uh, I'm fucking diet crannies. Ocean spray. Um... <laughs> And uh, so I didn't get a whole ton of them, but I did really enjoy them as as a collectible. Mm -hmm. And then everything else in the game is sort of like bog standard stuff. I was I made a note about this really early and I I don't entirely agree with my initial opinion anymore. Uh huh. But I did like (laughs) I made the observation like this game is just like The Last of Us. Um, And. I wrote, like, are we supposed to forgive the video game-ness of this 
because it takes place in a simulation. Like, you would walk into somebody's house and they would be like, oh, yeah, no, that's just the drawer where I keep my gunpowder. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Crafting systems like this are fucking garbage for making for world building mm -hmm. realistic world building and the concept of immersion are shattered the second that you put a crafting system like this in your game uh but by the end of the game like i kind of get it there's a lot of kinks like a huge number of kinks that i would have loved if they could have worked them out but actually getting gunpowder is an exciting find. It's a thing you want to get. And so I cared less by the end of the game that I was finding gunpowder in a drawer in a kitchen mm -hmm. where nobody would ever put gunpowder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've kind of like of two minds on it because I, I, on one hand, I feel like, it it handles it a little bit better than The Last of Us in some ways because, like, I don't feel like I'm, like, looking in every drawer, <laughs> you know? Like, it feels like most stuff is kind of just, like, sitting on a shelf. Um, and we're in The Last of Us, it can, like, be... You can get a little too hung up on looking for crafting materials. Yeah. So I felt like it felt a little bit more natural on this. But I think The Last of Us does a better job of, like making you make choices with your materials. Like, in this, it just feels like you can just make anything you want. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah, it, to your point, like, it, maybe it would have worked out better to, like, just have bullets or whatever <laughs> in, like, the, the in Union, the mm -hmm. town, and then maybe have, like, gunpowder and shit in Marrow, which is, like, a military, or, like, a science military base. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Like... There's a point later in the game, spoilers for the end of the game, we're just going to jump into it. You made it a half an hour in, congratulations. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> where you, like, it's you're in this, like, citadel that's run by, like, a crazed preacher. This is a classic horror thing. You're uh -huh. just going to have to deal with it. Uh, and there's a room where people are crucified on the yeah. walls, and you can get those pipes that you use to make the harpoon bolts and nails there and it's like oh it makes sense and like the plants are often found in planters and those are great but then they just have all these other things like uh fucking condensers and f and f well the fuses i can see laying around that's a common household item mm -hmm. but like gunpowder is not uh i forget what some of the other craft because they're all just crafting material a through f for yeah me, you know i don't know it 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 it's not like a game breaking thing, uh, but I do hate seeing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't really bother me in this, and it might legitimately have to do with the high concept, weird setup of this game, <laughs> where this is a fake town um, created for I don't know if they say what reason in this game. Um, it's like an experiment to see if they can. I don't know if this version is meant for anything. Okay, very brief plot breakdown uh -huh. explaining STEM. Right. Just to make sure that we have like a there, concrete... Mobius has made their own version of STEM, which is a thing that happened in the first game. Yeah. Which I know we... that much. Yeah. So there's a guy who was like a scientist who went crazy and was committed. And he made STEM... Uh, I'm hazy on the first game's details, but uh, he made STEM, which was this thing that basically is like the inception thing where they they go into a host the architect in this case is the the core mm -hmm. uh 
it 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 allows them to use a brain as a big computer to create a large scale confusing mess of a AR thing. Mm-hmm. In the second game, they are like trying to incorporate as many people into the STEM system as possible using Lily, your daughter, as the core. And so what their purpose is <laughs> fucking brace yourself. Mm-hmm. World domination. <laughs> They want to eventually put, like, every living human being inside of STEM Mm. so that they just control all people. Right. But, like, isn't, like, but is this version supposed to just be a test? I think it's, like, maybe a prototype or they were, like, going to build out from Union into Planet Union or whatever they were But it seems like it immediately failed. (laughs) Yeah. What well, was sabotage specifically? Yeah, yeah, we don't know true. if it would have worked, but uh, my guess is we'll probably find out in, in the, the Evil Within, Within Three. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know we'll we'll get back to that in whenever that comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is basically what it is, and it does help the abstraction of all of the video game stuff. So basically, to answer the question that I posed to myself at the beginning of the game, uh huh. Yes, we are supposed to forgive the video gaminess of this Mm -hmm. because of its setting. And honestly, it doesn't do a terrible job of it, I I gotta say. We kind of skipped over, at the beginning, our Mm -hmm. genre talk. Right. And I think it's actually very important for this game. Uh, Or at least it's important to me. For this game. <laughs> sure. Because I think survival horror is a is a genre that I am particularly very fond of. I really like it. Uh, and I also, because of how much I like the genre, I'm really critical of a lot of survival horror games for what I think is getting it wrong. I am surprised at how well this game gets it right. Because survival horror is a is a genre that is perfect for video games. And it is because the game can be aesthetically... A game can be aesthetically whatever. It can choose to be a scary game versus a whimsical game or an abstract game. But when you take horror and combine it with this lack of resource and management things you also introduce horror and dread anxiety into the mechanics and they blend really well when it is done right and i was really expecting based on what i knew about this game (laughs) that it would do it wrong and that you would be rolling around with a machine gun and a rocket launcher by hour five and just blasting carloads of zombies into uh, red goo, which you then use to upgrade your stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was absolutely floored, basically, in the first few hours, that, that brutality I was talking about. And then even later in the game, they never quite let it go. It does still feel very survival horror until... Like, end game, end game. After you get the assault rifle, essentially, mm-hmm. is when it stops being as, uh... I mean, debatably before that, but... Mm. Yeah, see, I, maybe I sucked at using it, or it, that comparatively, because <laughs> it wasn't upgraded, but, like, I felt like the assault rifle sucked. 
<laughs> and like you would unload like 25 bullets into something and it wouldn't die. <laughs> well, I didn't mention the handgun being the best gun in the game. Uh, and that is probably still true after you get the assault rifle. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the cheapness of the assault rifle is what kind of takes away from it. Like sure. each bullet is one thing and any amount of bullets is a good amount of bullets to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like you don't have to reload it pretty much ever because you're never going to hold more bullets than a clip does. Yeah. Uh, and so you can just sort of sit back and, and bosses especially just deals a ton of damage to them. So it's and there aren't many in between when you get it in the end. So I think well placed. But mm-hmm. uh, it is just like a it, it's not that important. Yeah, it's a good gun. <laughs> But I think prior to you getting it, I think the game still holds, with the exception of its weird boss battle interludes, uh, pretty thoroughly to... I found myself running out of bullets all the time. Mm -hmm. I usually had another gun with bullets that I could use, but I could feel the drain. It made me cherish my shots. I wanted to make sure that they all were used appropriately and only when necessary. And it's a feeling that I just don't get from a lot of games under the survival horror banner anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I did like that a lot. Yeah, I I don't have as much of a a nuanced, I guess, opinion (laughs) of Mm -hmm. survival horror. It's a genre I also like, but I have not played a ton of. Um, I guess because it really there kind of aren't a ton of horror games. It's just something that seems like it wouldn't be true until you sit down and think about it. (laughs) Um, But... I I feel like in my head there's a pretty clear line between like something like Resident Evil One and something like Resident Evil Four, like ones that are more actiony and ones that are more like survival e. Yeah, I don't know for lack of a better word, something more like Resident Evil One. Um, and the ones that fall on the more action side, I just don't tend to really find scary at all. Yeah. Um, but uh. The only one I think has done, like, a really good job of it, I would say, is, like, Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Which I think falls more on the action-y side and is scary. Um, it feels like almost like a hybrid of the two styles, which I guess was the point <laughs> mm-hmm. of the game. Um, but, yeah, so this one falls pretty heavily towards the action side for me. But it does have its moments. Um, it has parts where it gets, like, weird and, like, non-Euclidean with the space. Uh-huh. And, like, there, yeah, like, I mentioned the ghost lady who kept showing up. And I don't know if there's more to her story or not, but that never gets resolved as far as I know. I have to assume because she always takes you back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She's from the first game? Yeah, but the plot summary I watched and any information that I got about the first game does not mention her at mm. all. Uh, and I'd been calling her a wraith, and I realized only like 10 hours into the game that I was like... That never, that was never a thing that was said. <laughs> yeah. I just came up with that and said, yep, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it read to me, yeah, like you said, she's pulling him back into the past. So I was like, maybe she's like, I didn't, never really got a good look at her face, but like mm-hmm. maybe she looks like his wife or something or like something that's like pulling him back to the past. And there's like a whole point later in the game where you like kill your trauma or whatever and you're like, move on. <laughs> so like, maybe it's related to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would make thematic sense. But... Yeah. You, well, you would think that she would show up, right, in the Theodore boss fight. Sure. Where they do, like, the past bosses. I mean, unless this is, like it is in this game, just, like, unkillable, uh, which I guess is... Yeah, I got that impression. Yeah. Because she's our ghost. 
Also, ghosts and and the past are very linked. Yeah, yeah it's a literary connection that is always made. So, uh, but yeah, all that to say is like there are some parts like that that get or, or it has sections that are like more different, less shooting, more like kind of you know haunted house walking around a spooky space that are actually like mm-hmm. kind of scary. Yeah, but, like yeah, like for the most part, I just find it to be like a uh it fairly fun action game with some startling moments sometimes when something rolls up on you yeah when it's like i feel like it blurs genre lines just like from a tonal perspective as well like this is a horror game like if you were writing an article in a magazine about this game it would have a little gray oval underneath the title that said horror or survival (laughs) horror uh but if we're being real honest, it's a sci-fi game because it's about a big computer system. There None are... of the things that are actually <laughs> supernatural are real and have an explanation in that they are digital things. <laughs> yeah, that's very... Um, there are sections of it where you'll go like a full like 10 minutes where it feels like a sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna like this is just one of my notes is like I wanted to compare this to Assassin's Creed, where why because I felt like <laughs> I made this criticism when we talked about that game that like the frame story like the fact that you're playing a character in the present day who's like going into like this virtual reality system to like relive the life of his ancestor yeah it's like this high concept around like a game that I don't feel like it's adding much. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like this has that kind of problem, in my opinion, anyway. Um, that, like, the... It just... It feels needlessly complicated for what the game is. Like, it does lead to some cool parts with non-Euclidean haunted houses that are cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it... I don't know. I feel like you could come up with a much simpler... Like, you could cut all that stuff out for the most part. And it really wouldn't make that much of a difference. Like, the Marrow could just be a military base that's, like, linked to this town through, like, underground tunnels or something. Mm. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Yep. You don't even need to go that far. If you were just re-skidding this game to be a horror-specifically game and cut all the sci-fi elements out of it. But first of all, when I said why I about comparing it to Assassin's Creed, that was me showing my complete lack of knowledge about Assassin's Creed whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because I forgot about literally the central conceit (laughs) of the entire franchise. (laughs) It's uh, probably because it's very unnecessary and doesn't add anything to the game. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. But yeah, like, you could just, like, the computers that access the marrow just make them, like, a creepy book. Yeah, like, have it be, like, a a supernatural thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, if you cut out the beginning and the end and just like shave those off and just had the part where you're in stem mm-hmm. this would nobody would know <laughs> i mean i guess there's gonna be you have to cut, change some dialogue but whatever yeah uh yeah it's a little it is weird and you said overly complicated which is what i would title this game if i had creative <laughs> control over it uh i think it is suffering from its connection to the first game a lot uh they're similar games, obviously, especially in gameplay and, and tone and everything. But 
because the first game had this their little clever idea about STEM, which was like a, a second act twist in the game. Mm-hmm. When they went in, it's you're just supposed to take everything at face value. Like it's just like a horror game. Oh, I went into the into the hospital and then I got dumped down a laundry chute into a room with a guy with big fucking uh hedge clippers. Hedge clippers gonna kill my ass. And you run away and there's like rivers of blood and you're like, This is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> uh and then it like, oh, but it was all a uh, illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some silent hill. Like and so, was it all in my head? Yeah. But then this game is going and operating under the assumption that it's you an are, illusion. Yeah. You it's assuming you already know <laughs> What happened in the first game. Yeah, and assuming that means that everything that happens in the game just has its stakes removed. Now that I think this story is, like, the crowning achievement of this game or anything, it's a little whack, if I'm being very honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it isn't, like trash no i think it just feels like it has so much to have to pull from the first game in order to make any sense yeah and i I feel like it was like fun bad in the way that it was bad yeah like it never like the story never like frustrated me or made me like (laughs) oh it's they really missed the potential of you know like it didn't sting it didn't time fall yeah it did it was it was yeah far cry from that um but uh yeah like it didn't it felt campy and corny at times. It felt overly complicated at times, and none of it really bothered me. Right. Yeah, this game is much less self-aware than Resident Evil 4, but that's debatably a good thing, because it allows it to be funny unintentionally, which is a more true form of comedy when you're playing a game like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, I mean, like, I'm not handing out awards here, but, like, there were genuinely touching emotional moments in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, two. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, like, the acting isn't bad. I think some of the acting is intentionally bad. Like, the director guy, Mm -hmm. I think he's supposed to sound really stilted and robotic. Uh, But there's a lot of, like weird quirks about it that I think work in its benefit. Um, But one of the quirks that doesn't work in its benefit is that you have to be like the very beginning, put me in a bathtub. We're going into the matrix. (laughs) That's basically literally what happens. Put put me in the white goo and jack me into the matrix, baby. Uh, I feel like the guy who voices Sebastian is trying to do his best David Hayter. Thank or, you. Or like, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they wanted that type of person, and they didn't get them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I I know much about what the casting direction was like in this game, mm-hmm. but it did feel like he. Sebastian is written in one in the strangest way. He's he's just due to make a guy. He is basically. <laughs> And his whole arc is about him being crushed over the loss of his wife and child, mm-hmm. which you know you would be. And then tale is all this time, yeah. <laughs> and then being given a second chance, being hopeful about being able to find them inside. The only thing that would ever make him go back in, 
was that. He was yeah. two days away from retirement. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and then he's a dick to everybody. <laughs> like, it feels at odds with his goal that every single person he finds is just like, hey, I was sent in to save you. You fuck. You fucking nerd. How about you just go die outside? You got a dumb beard. You're bald. Uh, I'm Sebastian. I hate you. It's... I don't know. I don't like... (laughs) It's not that I don't like that he's rude. A character can be rude. Uh Uh-huh. It's weird that he's both. Because he's both really rude, and also they want him to be, like, the loving dad guy in the Last of Us kind of way, doing anything to save his his illusory weird daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think they want him to be, like, that kind of, like, gruff, uh, disconnected kind of guy with the heart of gold, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're going for... Because, like, I think the people he finds are also, like, rude to him as well. Like, I think they're going for, like, a nobody trusts anyone in here. Because mm-hmm. they could either be, like, a mutant zombie person or, like, a dickhead, like, millionaire coming to murder them or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Yes. But I don't think... I don't think it applies to every character. No, not right? all of them. Like, Torres like... is not a dick, and Hoffman is not a dick. Mm-hmm. O'Neill is barely a dick. He ah. just seems like... He points a gun at him. That's getting across the we-don't-trust-anybody thing. Yeah, I feel like Sykes and O'Neill kind of gave back exactly what Sebastian <laughs> was giving them. I think Sykes is true, but I don't think that, that he's really very all that rude to Sykes. Sure. I think that they have a more mutual agreement, except that you keep going like, why do you want me to do this job? And Sykes is like, well, you're the only dude out there. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I can't ask anyone else. Uh, but that's just him being stupid. Not really a douche. Mm-hmm. I don't know. His writing is weird. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. And he just complains about everything. It really, I joked about it when you got the the dialogue where he's like, that mask smelled bad. Oh, yeah. But it's such a weird thing to put in. Like, you're in a sewer, dude. Like, <laughs> it's gonna smell bad whether you're in the mask or not. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's blaming the mask. Like, somebody blaming a dog when they farted. Uh-huh. Or if he's just... He just had to completely. He's not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, is, I'm glad to be out of there. This mask smelled like shit. It's like, what kind of dialogue is that? Is that really adding much? No, I can't defend that one. <laughs> uh, this was altogether too much conversation about that. Yeah. Uh,. Do we talk about, like, how you play the game and (laughs) all of that? Um, But maybe we should do it after After the break. break. We gotta find the exit room and switch over to the marrow for the second (laughs) half of the podcast. Welcome back to Halloween. It's second half. Hell yeah. 
guns, shoot them. Um, so what did you think about playing the game? How do you think... <laughs> for a game, a survival horror game, mm-hmm. I, I think most survival horror tends to fall into the category of game where the player is given a really limited number of verbs. Like, not all that many things that they can actually do to interact with things. And this is the opposite of that. (laughs) This is a game where you're given all kinds of different context-sensitive abilities and a bunch of different weapons that you can switch between at will without, like, just by pausing the fight and pulling a new gun out. Um, Do you think that that works in the game's benefit? Maybe because of its being a a big rooms game? I don't know. I'm still torn on this. I think it's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I think, it, it to me, it feels so much like a fusion of RE4 and The Last of Us, mm-hmm. two games I've played, yeah. uh, that it all felt pretty familiar and was like easy to get into. Um, so I didn't really think about it because it was all familiar stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's weird for me because I inherently want to push back against it and say that, like, I feel like you have too many options. You can get out of combat too easily, and the, it doesn't feel like you're being punished for your mistakes as much. I will say that the crossbow it feels <laughs> emblematic of this to me, where it felt like the extra weapon... <laughs> That, like, I almost never used, and Mm. it felt like there were a million different kinds of bullets for it, so if you wanted to use it, you had to, like, pull it out, and then, like, you had to cycle through the the harpoons, and then you put in the one you want, and then you had to, like, pull back the string, aim it, and then let it go. It was just always, like, I could just shoot them instead. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I think, because the benefit of the crossbow hypothetically Mm -hmm. i don't know that anyone actually thought about it i did land the final blow on the final boss with the crossbow bolt so so. did i actually nice uh because i ran out of other bullets me too yeah anyway we'll get to that because i actually yeah we'll get to it all right they I, i think that the the reason that the crossbow is in the game is as a utility thing and i really like that conceptually because it gives you more things to do and to think about. There would be times when I went into a fight and then when it ended, I thought, like, that went pretty badly. I took more hits than I should have. I missed some shots and so on, out bullets. Uh, and then, which was, man, did you get the uh, double barrel shotgun? I did. Did you ever use it? No. Because it, it could only take two, hold two bullets. It's yes, yeah. It like only the holds clip, two bullets the at clip a time. size. I was like, I, I could just use the combat shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> and for most enemies, it does a better job because they don't. You don't need more than one shotgun shell mm-hmm. to kill regular enemies. Uh, it's. I would say it is akin to literally watching someone use your bank card to withdraw five thousand dollars. It's like watching your resources melt away into thin air because you fire two shots in about zero seconds and then you reload and you're like, if you miss, you're like, that's eight gunpowder gone, Mm. gone forever. (laughs) 
<laughs> for no material benefit whatsoever. Uh, and it, it hurt a lot uh, to use that weapon because it felt like it was like, it felt like I was shooting money. It was really <laughs> harsh. Uh, but the crossbow kept coming back into my head because I would go through those fights where I would miss or I would waste more bullets than I wanted to or take more damage and think like, if I had taken the time to set a trap or to uh, like use the smoke thing to get the drop on people, uh, I would have gotten through that with a lot less resources used. Um, and so it did. It played into my playstyle. I actually really like the crossbow. The thing that I hate about the crossbow is how it is implemented. Because, like you mentioned, if you have the crossbow in your hand, there's a button you can press to just cycle through the different things. But fuck off, you don't know what crossbow bolt you even just put in mm -hmm. most of the time until you go to draw it back and the thing lights up. And you're like, oh, it's smoky. Ooh, it's got lightning on it. The optimal way to use a crossbow is pause the game, go into the fucking <laughs> menu, and then choose your bolt from that radio menu, mm. which is a sub-radio menu to the one that you just used to select the crossbow, and it's just way too much menuing and makes me feel really silly when I'm like, a guy is charging at me with his hand around my neck, and I'm like, hold on, let me get the, the shock crossbow bolt and shoot it at the ground. Uh, but, like, uh, it, there's stuff that should be going on. I don't know. It's too abstracted. It's too much menu. And I hated that. And that's why I didn't use it in those instances where having used it would have been better. Yeah, I, I also like what it's going for. Um, like, they tutorialize it early on as, like, a, hey, you can, like, kick this fire hydrant to, like, make a big puddle, and then, like, you can, like, lure some guys into there and shoot it with a shock uh, <laughs> harpoon. Just cool idea. And there's, like, often, like, cars with oil spilling out of them, and you can shoot it with an explodey uh, bolt or whatever. Uh, I think that's all cool. It felt like that happened pretty rarely, though, or, like, rare enough that, like, I just wouldn't think about it mm -hmm. when it would come up. And, like, as you say, it's clunky to use... But yeah, I, I just think it doesn't, it's not, they don't lean into it enough. Yeah. And yeah, like the, uh, yeah, like the clunkiness of it just like outweighs the utility, I think, pretty handily. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag in that way. Like it is so clunky that I never wanted to use it, but you mentioned you walked into the buzzsaw boss fight with enough shotgun shells to just take it down. The way that I fought it was by running around until it lost sight of me and then leaving explosive bolt traps everywhere. Mm. Uh, I it's cool. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> after killing that, that, that is cool, but I noticed after killing that boss, like going around just like scavenging for stuff, there's like trip wires and like there's like a whole bunch of shit all over the arena. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, man, like <laughs> it really seems like they wanted this to be like a cat and mouse, like tense boss fight. But like I had like more shotgun shells than I had in any other point in the game when I got to it. So I just killed it like with no effort in like <laughs> two minutes or whatever it took. Yeah. I was like, oh, what a shame. I wish I would have, like, had even had the time <laughs> to notice any of this. Yeah, it was, uh, 
It was interesting. Like, and it is obviously intended. Those trip wires, if you cross the trip wires, what they actually do is set off a camera mm. that slows you down. Oh. Yeah, like it's the it's Stefan's trap oh. thing. Uh, okay. I, mean, I never is, tripped any of them. Yeah. I was trying to get it to trip them, and I think it only does after it goes through it twice, or mm. the game was just bugging out. I don't actually know which it was. Yeah, because like, I saw them, and then I thought it was just going to be another Resident Evil mechanic where it has like the explosive tripwire thing, so mm. I just didn't trip any of them. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> these must have been like for the boss, like to make it, the boss trip the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it wasn't. Well, I think it is, but it is also a trap for you. It's like a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I thought it was going to be an explosive, and I tried to pick it up. But you can't You can't actually retrieve them Yeah. like you can with the other ones that you find. So, uh, anyway, yeah. The crossbow is cool. The crossbow is horribly clunky, and it makes me not want to use it. Uh I will say that it has the only bullet in the game that doesn't require gunpowder to use mm-hmm. uh, or to make, and so I always was stocked up on those harpoon bolts. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, like you have like the regular harpoon bolts, but like I felt like every other kind uses like a unique thing to craft it, which seemed unappealing to me as well. Yeah, it just feels like a bunch of other things to manage. But it's just, like, stuff that you have no other use for. True. Like, I ended the game with, like, 15 smoke powder because I didn't use the smoke crossbow until I upgraded it to the point where I could kill people in the cloud. Right. Uh, and then I regretted not doing that very, the first thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I didn't because it meant that I just had an infinite supply of those bolts for the rest <laughs> of the game. Uh <laughs> because it's supremely overpowered. Uh, once again, stealth is too good. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of shit. It's like it's like the bow guns in fucking Monster Hunter. You're like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Look at, all that, look at that big column of arrows. I need to figure out what they do. Yeah, I just feel like a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, another thing I wanted to talk about um, in, like, Speaking of, like, certain things in the game feeling like maybe it's, like, a little bit too complicated. Um, What do you think of the fact that there are both safe rooms and then also the mirror room? Uh, So, essentially making for, like, two different hub areas you have to go back to, to, like, say, or can go back to to save the game and do other assorted things. Like, upgrade your weapons and blah, blah, blah. It is... Very subjectively, if I were to make a list of things that I thought were bad design decisions in the game and then submit it to a committee to look at, like I was like giving it over to Bethesda or whatever. Uh-huh. I was like, here's some notes that I made. This would be near the bottom of the list. If I was making notes in the form of holding a pencil in my fist and scrawling it on a sheet of paper in anger. The number one thing that I hated the most about this game is the fact that there are two different safe rooms. Because every time that you go, this actually plays into what we were just talking about. You all of those like extra crafting materials, you don't there's so many that you cannot keep in your head 
what you can make at one time. You could check in the field crafting thing, but like then the prices are different. You might think differently about how much you have in comparison. And so every time that I was given the chance, I would go back to the stupid room. So I had to go hold A and then go do the thing. I go, oh, can I get an upgrade? Go in, wait for fucking Tatiana to sit in a chair. Because can't select any menu options until she's settled. You know, <laughs> gotta wait for the old butt cheeks to pancake out on the stool <laughs> uh, before you're allowed to actually select the, the upgrade option. And then the the room doesn't have a coffee machine, but it has a cup of coffee there that he drinks from when you do when you do the, the slides. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a minor thing, but it bothers me. Uh, and then the safe rooms themselves have supplies in them once. And then randomly got re- get restocked in big world state changes. And there's a save point there and there. And when you go from the save room that Hoffman is in, down the hall, through a computer to the next zone, you come out in a room that's the fucking same, that has a save spot and a coffee machine. And I'm like, I just left a goddamn save house. <laughs> I guess I'll save the game again, because I've got a neuroses, but... And there's another mirror. Did you forget to level up eight seconds ago? Do you need another mirror to go do it again? Um, I'm no, It's not that bad, but I hated it. Like I didn't like feeling like I wanted to go back to the room just to go check my weapon upgrades or whatever. Uh, it got kind of old. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprising no one. I feel less strongly about it, but kind of similar. Um, I think it's cool thematically. Like, I like the room, like your room, Mm -hmm. your office or whatever. Um, I think that's interesting and, like, is taking advantage of the weird high concept premise. Um, and I do, I think, Todd, it it is annoying. You sit down in the chair and she has to sit down too. But I think, like, I like Tatiana. I like, like, a companion character. Like, I just think that stuff is fun. Yeah. Um, and the cat. That's just hanging out. Um, gives you green goo. <laughs> yeah, on occasion. Um, but yeah, like it's weird that like that has that and the safe rooms. Yeah, because like I also have to save every time I see one. Um, and there are many points where like you go for like three rooms in a row. We'll fucking have a save thing. Um, so yeah, it it is weird. Like why? How? I, it seems wild that like during development, no one was like, why don't we just combine these into one thing? That probably did happen, and then somebody shut it down. Um, but yeah, it just it 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 is kind of baffling. It's like we gotta have like Resident Evil safe rooms, but also we want to have like the abstract hub safe room. Yeah. Uh, why not both? Well, it's also like, I here's where I think the line gets drawn. You could have everything in one. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I say your thing. Absolutely, you can have everything in one. But I think that when they sat down to develop it, they were like, we want to put in these NPCs. And the NPCs can't go to the, mm, the metaphysical the mind palace. <laughs> mind palace. Uh, they have to stay in the real world, which is the fake world. Um, <laughs> so and, it actually doesn't to, make, me, yeah. it make any sense. They have to stay in union. They have to stay in union. Uh, and so they were like, uh, the NPCs will have safe rooms and then all the safe rooms will have transports to the room. But then the, I think the coup de gras on me hating the, the room thing was the last level 
or not the la- the next to last level, the Citadel or the Stronghold, that's what it's mm. called. Where there's just a mirror fucking every three seconds. I was so mad about that. Like, unreasonably so, because technically speaking, it is helpful to me that that is there. Uh-huh. But it just felt like I kept getting, like, I would be into it. Like, in the moment. Fighting, sneaking, doing my survival horror shit. And they'd be like, by the way, you want to just, like, take a load off, buddy? <laughs> Here you go. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's, like, four. In mm-hmm. that area. And the whole area takes, like, maybe 30 minutes to go through. Mm-hmm. It's very annoying. Yeah. To me, that bothered me for a different reason. Because, uh, like, they kept showing up, so that just meant the game was going to keep going on longer and longer. <laughs> where it really felt like it was going to end, like, two hours ago. Yeah. Uh, we'll that get may to have that. been part of it. We'll get to that. Um, but I-, I think it's, like, what would have just made it work better... Um, is instead of it being a mirror that you walk up to and hold a button and it warps you and through mm-hmm. a loading screen, if it was just like a door and like say that it's like a door that like only he can see or whatever and it just opens and you just walk through it and it's the room and it doesn't have to load. Mm-hmm. So it can be like his mind palace room that's separate <laughs> from Union, but you can just go straight to it without having to load so it's essentially just one big area yeah and i feel like because when you go into the marrow and into the different areas from the marrow you which what an edgy name can we just take a second to appreciate how edgy that is Uh, you had the matrix loading hallway the god of war hallway yes and honestly i won't stop complaining about this uh forever if you're going to do that, just put a loading screen in, my dude. You already have loading screens in this game. God of War did it for, like, a reason, even though I thought it was stupid and sucked. Uh, I'm never going to... I'm not going to run toward the light while it loads. It isn't going to happen. I'm going to stand still and probably put the controller down. It's so pointless. It seems like work wasted <laughs> to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that point, but I'm the exact opposite type of person. Okay. Where I can't, I would rather have something to do, even if it's something as mindless as holding a stick forward, <laughs> than sit on a loading screen where I'm doing nothing. I guess that's fair. So I guess it's just different strokes. And I imagine probably more people would fall into your camp. Yeah. I just very much like. You're right, it is bullshit, though. It's just a loading screen. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I prefer to stay in control even if it's meaningless. Now you let me do sweet skateboarding tricks. Sure, yeah. Then I'll be into it. So, you know. It's Tony Hawk's America Wasteland, only game that ever did this right. Yeah, uh, well, Bayonetta's got, like, the... Oh, the you, combo you room? You can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just practice yeah. during the load screen. That's not bad, either. Yeah. Um... So there's some games that do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't one. Squid jump. But what I, what I mean to say is that you don't have to go through the loading screen that you normally do mm. when you go to the room, which makes me think that it is already it's loaded. It's already loaded. So your solution just works. Yeah, just make it, a, make it like, a, like an ethereal door uh, that you just open and walk through. What I don't know is if the mirror is... A thing from the first game. It almost certainly is. Yeah, and I think that's why it's there. That's why it isn't a door. Because it's <laughs> got to be a callback to the first game in that way. Um, that's why you level up by sitting in a wheelchair that then turns into this, like, 
horror hairdresser's salon chair. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Video game artifice. <laughs> uh, sort of on the topic of them sort of doing things for the, like, visual flair. The re- the you have to go through the mirror to get into the room and everything Yeah, like there's that. definitely some stuff in here purely for presentation reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because I think I have developed in my head an interesting through line between a lot of the games that we're going to talk about this month uh, on how each of them treats visuals. And this is... The Spectacle Game. Uh, this is a game that I wished had a, was a bit more linear. So, like the first game. Everyone's just going to tell me to play the first game because uh-uh. I'll probably like it uh, if I just push past however far I got into it when I quit the last time. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I wanted it to be able to do its thing more often because i really i really think that the the they spend so much probably money but definitely time mm-hmm. making their set piece moments huge and awesome and like really over the top outlandish horror shit where there's like you know, things with nine heads and buzzsaw arms that chase after you down a hallway, smashing fucking walls to pieces. Mm-hmm. And Some chase sequences. Yeah, and they look really good, and even though they're, like, really bog-standard, like, quick-time event style, or escape-from-the-city style, run-away-from-a-monster uh-huh. truck, whatever, <laughs> moments in the game, they have this, like... Flare, which is actually what kind of attracted me to the first game in the first place, because it was just so absurd. Uh, and then a lot of the the game part of the game, where you walk around and collect stuff, is just kind of like dingy p- people's backyards and shit, which is less exciting. Yeah, I think you need that stuff there for contrast, so the exciting stuff feels more exciting. Yeah, uh, what but, if you didn't, though? <laughs> you do. Uh, but uh, I agree, though. It, it it could be, like, redistributed, you know, like, the the ratios. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it, it has these moments. Like, I, I, I keep bringing them up, you know, like, parts with the ghost lady, like... There's stuff peppered in here and there, like the non-Euclidean space, like I mm-hmm. think in the city hall and the theater and all like the major story progression areas. But yeah, it, all the in between, uh, you don't get that as much. Like it, the town at the beginning, I think, showed a lot of promise with that, where like you'd walk into a random house and it would just be a random house that would have like a weird thing in it. And <laughs> yeah. like more of that would be cool. Yeah. Like. You know, as you said, like, if it could do its thing a little more, um, like, the pacing, I think, could be better. Like, it could strengthen the game. I agree. Pacing is a good word to describe some of the issues with this game. Because it gets into the swing of it later, after it gets through the big rooms part. Mm -hmm. But the big rooms part is kind of like the... That's the sandbox. That's like yeah. what they're selling the game on to some extent. It's like they have two different systems that are both good uh-huh. and are like having to go back and forth between them um, too often. And I actually think the weaker parts are the parts in the marrow. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of that 
through certain chunks of the game. So, like, if you could kind of dial that part down and focus more on, like, the linear set PC parts. This game is all about the, like, knock you unconscious and transport you to a different location Mm -hmm. move. It does it all the time. Because I think it just, like... It wants to have these spaces for the player to play in, but then it also, in order to progress its story, it needs to move you to different places. So, But they don't have any excuse when they have this like big area to be like, they could just be like, oh, it's over here. But in the, the roadmap for the story, they're like, well, they're going to need to, it's going to need to make sense for them to be in this area for this reason or whatever. So they just fucking conk you over the head and drag you to the next zone uh and they do it like multiple times throughout the game and it it does create pacing issues and like the this game's fucking weird dowsing mechanic oh with the radio with the radio where you're like a hundred meters to the guy with shotgun shells and you like scoot your ass over to to scavenge something only works in the open world parts of the game it is a pointless diversion anywhere else because it'll be like oh you've doused a health syringe in a room that you were gonna fucking check anyway because you're in a hallway (laughs) yeah i barely engage with that mechanic with the radio i mean that's fair you kind of have to for certain certain parts parts, yeah uh and then like all of the white coated ones you just don't have to worry about it's usually just resources or like an ammo pouch Mm -hmm. which like i didn't ever have 36 handgun bullets (laughs) (laughs) i did not need a pouch for that it felt like a new game plus it probably is for new game plus because i was like this doesn't feel like a reward Mm -hmm. this is nothing We've increased your amount, the amount of money you can carry from $1 billion to $2, <laughs> $2 billion. billion. It's like, great. I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what could have helped it a lot is basically getting rid of the marrow section and just... I know they want the jumping back and forth, so maybe like do something a little different with it. Mm-hmm. But like have the whole overworld all connected to each other. Yes. Um, and gate it in a different way so that like you can just like go between them all. I think that would work a lot better and you wouldn't have to like be switching back and forth so much. Yeah. And it, it and it is it's really stupid <laughs> to have to go in the open world from a guy's room mm-hmm. to a house to use a computer to then get transported yeah, to into the, the underground tunnel. Yeah. Like it feels like there's Why can't I just go into an underground tunnel? Exactly. Why can't I use any computer <laughs> to go somewhere? <laughs> the thing that's extra funny or like ironic about it is a lot of the times you go into a house and then there will be like a ladder down to a basement uh-huh. as if it's going to lead to an underground tunnel, but instead it leads to a computer <laughs> to then go to that the underground tunnel. Warps you to the underground tunnel hey, through the matrix. You know what we could replace the computer with? A hallway. A door. Yeah. And you place the mirror with the door. Yeah, and if even if you wanted to have have it fucking lead you through an ethereal thing to a upside down fucking uh 
subterranean military base called mm-hmm. the Marrow. <laughs> it could be like a ghostly door could that be ghostly you just door. walk through. You're in a simulation. Literally anything is possible. Yep. Uh, that one would be harder to load, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Who Make it... <laughs> Make me actually go toward the light. Make it a black room that allows for it to load the next. Or just a end. longer hallway. Like yeah. you could do it. I would actually walk toward the light then. Yeah. I wouldn't just sit and wait. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Um All of that's true. All of those were good uh <laughs> sentiments. Uh-huh. And I, I think that the marrow is also the weakest part. I do want to call out not really in a positive way, which is what my tone implied, but do you remember the part where you're in the marrow and then you go through a door and it's like a pristine white hallway? Did you go like, oh shit, like what's the fucking Resident Evil underground super lab in this game going to be? And then you go into the next room and it's like all these green test tubes and you're like, oh dang. Here we go, boys. Let's find out what's the secret. And then it's like a dark room that you like sneak around in and then you leave. Like there wasn't, I guess there were a couple there's, of notes. There's no real payoff to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a lore dump, but yeah, like I even noted like one of the pods is empty. Uh-huh. I was like, that's going to be a thing. And it's not. Nope. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. It feels like it's setting up for like some kind of big moment. That just passes. Yep. And this is this fucking game. The game with the with the the, the you walk through a wall of fire. Yeah. <laughs> the buzzsaw lady. Do you remember you her? Remember that big white goopy muck monster? The goopy muck that monster? she never really fight. No, but it does turn out to be your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or related to her in some way. The old ball and chain, am I yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> am I right, fellas? Uh yeah, it's got all this, like, crazy shit and pretty... Uh, not, like, extremely iconic monster design, but good wild monster yeah. design, at least. Things that'll make you look at it funny, which is, I guess, kind of what you want here. Um, yeah, and it just kind of goes nowhere. And you, you fucking just... Tear, the Because you do the whole area, but the exit is just go left. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't like more to it it's just a detour to get a key item to go left so i don't know uh what did you think about speaking of monster design uh the enemy variety um uh, i don't know i feel like a little little of two minds on it cuz i feel like while i was playing it i didn't really feel like there wasn't enough but if i stop and think about it it feels like maybe there could have been more uh because because there's like just several varieties of zombie <laughs> yeah you know that they you... pull the zombie trick mm-hmm. on you because when you see zombies you just expect a lot of zombies yeah um but there are like a couple of different noticeable types and etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, thinking back on the game, it feels like there's not a lot of variety, but like while playing, it never really bothered me. Yeah. Other than just kind of wanting more visual variety, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to for me as well. Like, I find the mechanics of engaging with the basic fodder enemy to be good and fun to do uh, because it's more about using your tool set as opposed to 
like fighting a new kind of enemy. But then you get like you know like the the pale ones that shriek and like just carry the knife and you can't stealth kill them and get them in one. You have to follow up. Mm-hmm. And then you got the gassy gals, uh, <laughs> which I don't know if they have a name, but the tall, the gassy gals. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I know about. what you mean. Um, who I just refuse to engage with at like any kind of close range. I just leave and shoot them from really far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they only take two stealth kills to kill. I didn't even know you could stealth kill them oh, until yeah. the until the white hallway. Uh, so yeah, I killed all of them with stealth kills. They have because like they throw you off, and then it's like super easy to run away. They give you like a thousand years to do it. Yeah. So then you just wait for them to turn back around. Then you go back, and then in you go it. and you just get them the second time. They to me, it looked like they had faces on their back, mm. and I thought maybe I couldn't sneak up on See, them. Well, I thought because it's spewing gas, maybe you couldn't get close to them. Because also of that. that, but I tried it anyway, and it, uh, <laughs> and it paid off. Mm. I, uh, the one that's like outside of that safe house, uh, I went and got the sniper rifle parts and like repaired the sniper rifle. And I was like, this would be a great chance to try out the sniper rifle by shooting the gassy gal. And so I, you know, posted up on like a car fucking trunk Mm -hmm. in somebody's driveway and I shot it in the head and it didn't react to the bullet like at all. And then I used all of the rest of the sniper rifle shots that I had and it still didn't die. And I was like... Sniper rifle kind of sucks, and so I just had to shoot. I think I shot an explosive bolt at it, and that's what killed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I never found the sniper rifle. Oh, yeah. well, good news. It, it sucks. Yeah, uh, it was the only weapon I didn't find. I just missed it, I guess. I found sniper rifle ammo like twice. Yeah, there was wasn't like, a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> sniper rifle also costs seven gunpowder. Yeah. It's a lot. So where was it, if you can remember? Oh, um, the you get it for doing the side quest for O'Neill at the beginning of the game, and then there's sniper rifle parts that you have to pick up from a house. Oh, uh, maybe that's what I didn't do because I swear I did that quest. It may may not be the reward for that quest, but it's like one of the things you can pick. It's sure, like yeah. it's a dowsing thing. It's like on a roof. Uh, okay, that's yeah. got to be what it was then. Yeah, you like pick up a broken sniper yeah. rifle. I never fixed the flame. Me thrower. neither. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think that was the only thing that I didn't get. Uh, but other than that, I think that I think I kind of agree. I think in the moment, the enemy variety didn't really. Hold on, we're gonna get in the car. <laughs> we're just gonna idle right here in the parking lot up oh, there we go all right i'm sure it's fine i think in the moment the enemy variety did not bother me either um but it is weird like looking back it's like there really weren't all that many things and most things i engaged with in the same way uh, which is, I guess, a bit of a bummer, but it's one of those games that the challenge is more, like, on you for executing it as efficiently as you can, and so there don't need to be, like, a huge variety of things. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, something we can talk about just, like, kind of in relation to this, I want to know if you feel similarly. Um, it, a place that it stands out is definitely with the enemy designs, and it's also, like, we've kind of, like, talked around this, but, like, it's also kind of, like, mechanically 
very derivative of a couple of games. Like, do you feel like this game feels like kind of generic in a way? Like, it's a solid game that I liked, mm-hmm. but it just it, everything. It doesn't feel like it has anything like unique about it, except for the high concept story stuff. That's pretty fair. I think to me, the uniqueness is not okay. I was going to say the it's uniqueness just isn't the right word. I yeah. think I agree. It is not a unique game. It feels sort of templated off yeah, of a lot of other stuff. That's a good way to put it. The the thing it doesn't feel like it has an identity of its own. Yeah, the thing that stands out about this game to me is more how it it's funny actually. It, I like how it succeeds in making a a good game sticking to what feels like a formula. Uh, we just saw this, I guess, dates the episode, but you know we don't record these more than a week in advance anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just saw the movie Smile. And my big takeaway from that movie was it felt like uh, a good-ish movie that seemed like it was written by just going down a checklist of things that happen in horror movies and just doing all of them. And this seems like it did the survival horror checklist and just, like, passed with flying colors somehow. Like, it, it went through all the things, like, fucking scarcity and ammo. We'll throw in some, like, wicked boss fights of things that look weird. Got camera camera head, crawls on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. A little creepy. Now oh, the Obscura. The Obscura. Uh, and, it, like, did its shit. And the end result was good, but it's all stuff that you've kind of seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my comparison was going to be to uh, Darksiders 2, oh. uh, which is a very similar approach. Like, it, it, it takes, wears its inspirations right there on the sleeve, <laughs> basically writes it right across the front of the shirt. Uh, and it, it, it feels, yeah, very much made from a template like Zelda, God of War, uh, Prince of Persia, etc. This mixes a lot of the popular games of the time. Yeah, but it's actually really good. Mm. So, like, it, yeah, like it pulls it off. So, that was the comparison I was thinking of. But for survival horror, yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Like, it it does not get points for originality, so it has to make up for it in other ways. Yep. Um, I mean, the high concept sci fi thing is kind of wild but even that is like but it's very separate and it's also like the matrix i compared it to inception mm-hmm. and uh all of the other things like it's an established sci-fi thing uh it is it is kind of unique in the world of of video games but even you compared it to assassin's creed and yeah. you're doing kind of the it, same thing it also felt very anime to me mm. like it, it just feels like it could be like the plot of an anime as well <laughs> i would believe it yeah isn't that kind of what sword art or sword art online is? Not quite. Sword art online is basically the if you die in the game, you die in real life. The game. Oh, okay. It's 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 more similar to like Ready Player One or something like that. Just put that uh, a tally on the board for I mistake something about that show because I haven't mm. watched. I mean, it. me neither. That's just... the second time that I've I've assumed something that was wrong. Yeah. It... <laughs> Is somebody who is a casual anime fan, anything I've ever heard about Sword Art Online is, it's a really cool concept, but the show is bad. (laughs) Uh, So I've never watched Mm. it. This is like the opposite of that. Yeah. It's a really banal concept, but the game is good. Yeah. 
Uh, do you want to talk about bosses and also how the game seemed to go on forever and ever until we died? I would. Uh, let's start with bosses because we already kind of went over it. Um, I think bosses are a problem in survival horror as a genre because I think that they get to express a lot and do a lot of cool things, but they don't fit the mold of the genre very well. Uh, in this game, they, I think, get away with it more so than they do in other games. Like, remember when you fought a shark in Resident Evil? Wasn't that weird that you did that? <laughs> it was the 90s, man. <laughs> it sure was. Uh, in, in this game, you're already, like, fucking locked and loaded, Rambo style, going throughout town with a bunch of guns. Uh, this game just has to, like, dump some resources on you before it can do a boss fight. So when it does the boss fight, it doesn't feel as out of left field. But it does still feel like a weird push and pull of, like, some of the bosses you can sneak up on, which trivializes them. Uh, what I would argue is probably the hardest boss in the game is the uh, O'Neill boss fight. And as soon as I figured out that you could just smoke bomb him and he would lose track of you, uh, he became the easiest boss fight in the game because I stabbed him three times and he died. <laughs> so uh, it's it is it's weird because I love their designs, a lot of them, and even some of the mechanical design is cool. I the obscura, I actually really love the fight. Yeah, um, but I don't think it fits that well. <laughs> in the game sometimes uh i don't know i'm a little mixed on them yeah i feel the same basically 100 percent. like i i think yeah like survival horror is a genre that's hard to do a boss fight in because ordinarily you're fighting like a bunch of weaker enemies you're trying to conserve ammo you know like it's just the opposite of like what a boss fight is um, so yeah, it's tricky to do. I also kind of like would compare it weirdly to like Metal Gear Solid. I feel like it's really hard to do a boss fight with those mechanics and the approach that series takes is to just go like really and like try to be really inventive with it. Yeah. Sometimes swing big, sometimes it, it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like with this, yeah, there are a couple that I like, like I did like the Obscura. I thought like bosses where you had to like kind of run away from him a bit like i actually liked the o'neill fight because i took the approach of run away from him and then sneak up on him uh like right away and if you just like he took i seem like his ai was tuned way too dumb because yeah. like he never came anywhere close to finding me um i will note he has, like, four moves that are a one-hit kill. Oh, yeah. Like, and it sucks that they did that, because it's like, if you are crouched and he hits you, you die. Like, it's just, that's it. And then I think he has a ranged one as well, but I'm not actually sure what triggers that. It might be on a script. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's that's why yeah. I think the O'Neill fight is, like, extremely janky. That it is, is a jank fight. Yeah, that is dumb. <laughs> but, uh... Um, but uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. Like it felt like tense to like sneak around and, you know, stab him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I, even though I just blasted her with a shotgun, um, the, the buzzsaw woman was early enough in the game that it was like intimidating to actually have to fight her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, earlier game stuff, I think landed best for me. Um, 
yeah, like it's it's. I think it it works better when you feel weaker, and then like once you get like later in the game, it's kind of hard to adjust to it. I think to the players like uh, relative the power scale. Yeah, I think I I agree with that. And then <laughs> I gotta shout out um, the two last bosses. I'm not counting the big thing with an electrical pole as a boss. That's a mini boss. Fuck that thing. (laughs) Why fuck that thing? Because I feel like... I lied. We are talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got unlucky and like as soon as I jumped down into the arena, it charged at the car and it just exploded. No, I think that it's just how it works because that did it to me too. Because like it seemed like it didn't do damage to it and it just did damage to me mm-hmm. and then it, it felt like confusing to like how i was supposed to damage it because i felt like i was like shooting it and it wasn't doing anything and there were like two other sources sources of oil that i like blew up when it walked through it and it didn't really seem to affect it either and then i just had to like unload way too much ammo into it for it to finally die i don't know something about it just felt like it was off yeah like you were supposed to kill it with explosions but even if you hit it with all three explosions, that's not enough to kill it. I think, I mean, it just has, like, a, I, a chest weak point. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I felt like I was shooting it. Maybe mm-hmm. I was missing it. But, like, I kept thinking, like, maybe you had to, like, shoot the transformer and the telephone pole. That's And, a like, lot. I kept thinking, like, maybe you had to shoot it with, like, electric harpoon bolts. Also makes Neither sense. of which do anything. Good. Um, <laughs> so, like, I just, the language of that confused me. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I think we can actually postpone this and when we're talking about how the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel... That fight feels so out of place. Like, they just had it developed. It's like an unfinished concept. And they were just like, let's just stick it here. Because it's been too long since the player spent all of their ammo. Uh, my biggest problem with that particular fight was the fact that I just did a bad job in it. And... I had the ability that auto uses syringes when mm. you die and I would have preferred to die and <laughs> save the syringes for a different attempt because I, I ended up going through them and went into the final boss with like one and was really nervous about that. Uh, it turns out I didn't really need to be, but we'll get to that in a minute. The next to last boss that isn't that one is the, you know, some games like want you to import a save from the previous game. This game's version of that is where they make you fight three bosses from the first game in a weird small zone. And so I had played against one of these characters in the first game, Chainsaw mm-hmm. Man, and it autopilots that fight completely. You just, yeah. I think there's like a you quick time event and you run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you do this fight with a guy with a, with a, what appears to be like a rabbit trap on his head. I thought it was like a safe. Could be a safe. Uh, it was, it's the, we have pyramid head at home. Yeah. <laughs> is the name of the boss. Yes. We have the, we have pyramid head at home boss, which becomes two guys. And like, I'm sitting there going like, I didn't play the first game. Now I feel like I should know what to do. Yeah. And then the, the, the thing to do is just unload all of your ammo <laughs> into it. Shoot them a lot. Yeah. Uh, once again, I used explosive bolts for that one, and mm. it fucked me so bad because <laughs> I was stuck in a corner at one point with both of them, 
And I just had to wait until they hit me hard enough that I fell down and the game moved my body. Yeah. And then I get up and ran. Um, and then the third one is my least favorite thing because he goes at the beginning of the fight, he's like, I burned you before. Yeah. I'll do it again. And I was like, okay, thanks for the hint. I guess on this one where I'm in a room with all this fire. Yeah. Uh, that one is another one much like the harpoons. I feel like I like conceptually, like trying to like use the environments to kill the boss. Mm-hmm. But it did result in just like a bunch of running around. Yep. Yeah. I I historically I don't talk about this ever because fortunately it doesn't come up all that often. Mm-hmm. Don't like the do a quick time event while the boss is walking toward you thing. I also probably don't talk about it that often because I'm in denial and uh, Resident Evil 4 does this multiple times. I think they want you to shoot it with like a shock bolt and then do the thing. Yeah, and their hint for that is by just putting shock bolts all over the Or like the frosty ones. Frosty ones will probably do it. Dip some fries in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You you shoot it with the frosty bolt and then it'll be distracted dipping its fries. It's fries in the frosty. Yeah. Having a delicious time with the money-saving and then you pack. And then you flame grill it. Yeah. Anyway, um, making Wendy's jokes today. That's... It's one seventeen in the morning. <laughs> uh, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, the final boss. Yes. I thought it was really good. The big uh, goo wife? The big goo wife. Uh, I'm super medium on it. You're medium on yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> I think I liked it mostly because I did badly. Yeah, I did too, <laughs> but that made me not like it. <laughs> I thought it was really appropriate that I was scrambling at the end to even have enough bullets to finish it. Yeah, I, I think the thing about it that bugged me was that I was in the same boat but there were like a couple of other of those like corpses around that can be smashed for ammo. Yeah. And all of them dropped syringes. There were like <laughs> eight just like on the ground that I couldn't use. Because um, it's easy enough to avoid the damage. I'm just running around, <laughs> like just being like, just put your arm down so like we can end this. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It ended up just kind of being like. For me, like, because, like, if they wanted it to just be a spectacle, I feel like they should have made it a little, like, you shouldn't have been able to run out of ammo, and if they wanted it to be hard, it should have been harder. It kind of fell in a middle ground that didn't really do it for me. Yeah, the game almost, like, pulled a trick on me, even though I know that, I know now, anyway, that the drops you get are random, because on the spider wave, Mm. where the spiders show up and you can stomp on them... I picked up a bunch of handgun ammo, and I was like, okay, so they're just going to supply you via ads with handgun ammo so you never run out of ammo. But that isn't true. The spiders show up, like, two times. Uh, And also, you can stop them, which I don't think is in your best interest. You can, like, shoot the pouches, and they don't come out. Uh, and I remember, like, doing that and being like, oh, and then I just, like, unloaded all my handgun bullets into her, and then never got another one the rest of the fight. And I was like, oh, no. They Mm. tricked me. I've been pranked. Um, but then I also like the boss's design. Yeah. Honestly, it's real gross, and I like that. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, stationary torso, the boss, though. 
That's a video game classic. Yeah. That has, like, NES roots. <laughs> I think it works better in a, in a 2D game. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't know. It probably does work better. Because, like, this one you kept going, like, can I just, like, go around? Yeah. The weak point's on her back. <laughs> Come on, dude. Cassianos, get back there. What are you even on the police force for? Uh, anyway, that's that's boss. Mm-hmm. It sure did... Take some time. What do you think? It's a lot of running around. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, the last thing that you wanted to get back to. Oh, the the I think I I wish like I had an example uh, to pull because I know we've talked about this sort of thing before. Like I remember talking about a game and then you expressing that like you wished that it had like put your skills to the test one more time and like had like a bit more of a like a big ending than it did i don't Mm -hmm. remember what game it was i'm sorry (laughs) but uh i remember having that conversation and like me being like i kind of just liked that it ended the way that it did and i couldn't really think of how to express my thoughts and i was like this is a perfect example of what i was thinking about is like if a game doesn't execute that well and it feels like it overstays its welcome and draws out its ending i'd rather have like a simpler ending than that was i think what i wanted to say and this game is a very good example of like after you beat theodore yes um he, he gives you the first game boss rush um and you ha- the game just keeps going like you follow Myra through like the snowy uh white area and it's just like okay like this I'm like okay this is gonna be like a narrative ending thing uh that's fine and then it's like here's some ammo and like here's another mirror or whatever <laughs> it's like oh no the game's just gonna keep going and then it's like she keeps summoning waves of enemies as you follow her mm-hmm. and then here's the fucking mini boss with a telephone pole on its head and then you get to the end of the world apocalypse snowfield yeah and you know and then you you're like oh, okay finally like we're gonna do the final boss here um it, yeah, it just felt like it just kept going. Like, it almost like it was a joke. Like, every time it felt like you got to, like, the game was ending, it would be, like, chapter, the next one. <laughs> chapter 39. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, the pacing of it just made it feel like it was going to keep ending. And then you get to, like, the parts where it cuts to the real world, and you're yep. playing as Kidman, and it's just like, oh my god, is it just going to keep going? That is, to me, that is the most egregious part of the whole thing. Like, search your heart. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. You know it to be true. You were going to fight Myra. And you knew this many, many years ago. Aeons ago. She had a a final boss design. She had a final boss design. You knew it was going to happen. And so, to me, I thought, yeah, I agree. The waves of enemies, a bit much. The telephone pole boss, far too much. Uh, Just a narrative beat between... The first boss, where you pick up some supplies, mm-hmm. maybe you can go level up, upgrade your weapons, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do the final boss. 
would have been great. Yeah, cut out everything in between. <laughs> Literally everything in between. And then I legitimately think this game earns a big long ending cutscene. Yeah, because it, I didn't mind the cutscene. Yeah, it weaves all the stuff together, and it has a lot that it has to deal with because of its fucking horrible dependence on the first game and its weird sci-fi thing. So it can have a long cutscene. Please, for the love of God, do not make me do a dumb shooting gallery with no stakes many times. Uh, do you remember when Death Stranding had you like run the kid to the incinerator at the end of the game? Spoilers for Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, that didn't seem super necessary, but like, kind of works in a game that's about traveling because they could yeah. just sort of like. Basically, it's like the the mid credit sequence in that game. Mm-hmm. None of that is like that for this game. This is not a game about shooting guys in suits. This is not a game about running down hills avoiding boulders. These are things that they just put in because they heard that interaction is better than non-interaction. But the game is over. You did the final boss. You went up. You had your victory lap where you go up the hill and get your daughter. The whole point of you being there. Mm-hmm. We did not need another hour of game. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was thinking as I was doing it, like, the perfect ending to this is you go into the house, you go up to the daughter's room, and it cuts to black, and you don't even know if he finds her there or not. Right. That would be, like, the tasteful, artsy way to end it. I was like, they're not going to do that. No, because it doesn't set up for the third game. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But uh, no, like I actually feel like a cinematic ending works. Like yeah, it's like all the cutting back to regular enemy encounters and having yeah the stupid uh, shooting gallery whack a mole with Kidman. It's just like God, we don't need this part. Yeah, get it's, it out. It's lame. Get it's, it out. Yeah, <laughs> and it did. It took forever, uh, and made the game last way longer than it needed to. Mm-hmm. And it's like this isn't a game that I would call too long. I would almost say it's a good length. Yeah. And then it's got an hour tacked on to the end of it that didn't need to be there. Uh, I think that really could have... It would have made... Because we talked about pacing issues. A lot of them are because the game is switching locations all the time. This is like that times 11. Because you're <laughs> you're switching realities, locations, player characters, goals. Everything's collapsing. Everything's, uh... <laughs> it's just too much going on, and the player is tired. I can tell, I can say first-hand experience, I was tired. I did not want to continue, and you made me do it. Uh, but that's that's that. I agree with that sentiment. And then the game ends with a weird cover of Ordinary World by Duran Duran. <laughs> it does do that. It does that in a way that even though I had forewarning that it was going to do it, it still took me by surprise. Yeah, we were both playing the end of the game at the same time. I was a little bit ahead of Chad. Mm-hmm. And I, after I finished it, I came out to the living room to tell him that I had finished it. And I was like... Oh, uh, you know, I finished it, you know, like, oh, you're almost at the end, whatever. And I turn around and I come back to my room where the credits are playing. And I'm like, there's like a little girl singing a cover of a Duran Duran song. And it's like a very good song. And I get like ordinary world, like he's trying to get back to the ordinary world, whatever. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I, I found it so like surprising. that I mm-hmm. went back out to the living room. I was like, now there's a weird like 
child vocalist singing a cover for Duran Duran song. And we made jokes about that. And then I went back to my room and then it was like a guy, like a male adult <laughs> vocalist singing it. And it sounds like an Imagine Dragons song. Like it's got that kind of like industrial weird Imagine Dragon sound, and so I had to go back out to the living room again <laughs> to be like, okay, now this is happening, and it was a very silly sequence of events. Yeah, it's extremely strange. And it was like one in the morning. <laughs> uh, bad stuff. Uh, do we have Hungry Like the Wolf thoughts? Uh, my Hungry Like the Wolf <laughs> Uh, do we have simulation thoughts? Uh, my simulated thoughts are, um, I liked this game. Um, I knew nothing about it. Um, I know you said you disliked the first one, so I Mm -hmm. thought maybe the second one would be the same. Minor clarification, I disliked the first three hours of the first one. But I I thought we, like, even though I think you said that you'd heard the second one is better, Mm -hmm. um, I thought we might be getting into a game that we were just going to come in here and, like, dump all over. Uh, and I was I was very pleased that that was not the case. Um, like as as we said, uh, it is pretty hard at the beginning, but I think this is one place where I think it being derivative of other games really helped it for me. It's like it, it felt really like smooth and easy to get into because it was using like systems similar to other games I'd played before. Mm-hmm. So it was like very easy to just like pick up and play and like play it for hours, you know. Um, it just felt familiar, you know, like you play a genre, you're, you've played a bunch, it's like easy to get into a new game in that genre. Um, so it had like a familiarity to it, um, which, yeah, I I made it feel like it emphasized, yeah, the fact that, okay, maybe this game is, is actually good. And I was pleased. Um, so yeah, like, I think it yeah it, it has that high concept in it um that i feel like doesn't really need to be there like my personal tastes like if you would have like scaled it back made it a little simpler that probably would have enhanced the game in in my personal opinion but like for what it is like i actually enjoyed it like it almost does even make it parallel a little better with like resident evil like cuz it's got its campy and in weird elements to it as well um i guess it's just harder to pull that stuff off now than it was like in the 90s um when games were just kind of thought of as sillier things back then um so yeah it's like a mixed bag in a lot of ways but like the game itself is pretty solid um i think its biggest uh detracting element mechanically is that it's a little over designed i think like like the two safe rooms thing and like the going back and forth between like uh, an overworld and an underworld um yeah i just felt like they didn't want to like cut anything or like there were things they could have like condensed um and it probably would have made the game stronger i think but like overall like it's it's rare like i i mentioned this on the first half i think that there actually aren't a lot of good horror games. Like it, it feels like there there are, but then you stop and think about it, and there aren't a ton. Um, if you're like you want to play a new horror game, there really aren't a ton of options. So like I, I'm glad that this was actually good. Um, 
Like, we played uh, The Medium last year, which was a throwback to the more, like, Resident Evil 1 style of survival horror. And it kind of tried some similar things, like, to try to modernize that genre and fell a little short. Uh, And this, I think, mostly delivers. It just got, like, a bunch of weird... Uh, extra wacky stuff in there maybe a little over designed but overall like I came out positive I think yeah I would agree with uh, I, would, I would agree with all of that except for the medium calling back to old survival horror it feels, I mean I think that's what it's going for maybe we don't need to rehash the medium sure. episode but yeah uh, slight difference of opinion I suppose yeah, I, I feel like it's probably marketed as a return to classic survival horror. I, do you, you don't even have guns in that game? Sure, sure, but but, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I agree with everything else that you said, um, and I think that like the the its relationship to survival horror is well, one, it's in its DNA. The game was executive produced by Shinji Mikami. There's all of this like it comes from the first game into this one and so it obviously has a lot of baggage that the first game provided but i still had heard that this game was better than the first one or at least was a little different in a way that was more maybe accessible uh i'm now extrapolating from what i've been told into maybe what they meant um and i think it lands i think it lands really well uh we had a lot of criticisms and i think (laughs) they're all very fair this game is a strange one that's got a lot of stuff in it uh and a lot of things that for a first time player are going to feel extraneous uh or potentially to veteran players feel extraneous uh and it it, it just you said overdeveloped i think that's just the right word for it uh it, it is there's a lot going on that maybe doesn't work but even for that stuff that doesn't work, the game really gets its genre and it delivers on the things that I think you want mechanically out of a survival horror game with uh, like limiting your resources and delivering you something that is tonally tense and <laughs> this in this case a little bit out there. Uh, it has a bit of a flavor of its own. Though a lot of it has been copped from other places. Uh, but what it executes on, it does really well. So I also thought this was really good um, and was surprised by it. I didn't have high or low expectations. I was pretty medium heading into it. And at the end of the day, it kind of... I it, I think it surprised me enough that I'm more positive than I otherwise would be. But I really like this and would recommend it. I think it's I think it is good. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time on No Clip Spooky Saturdays, Halloween, October, is Realms of the Haunting. I should have looked it up. It may be Realm Singular of the Haunting, uh, which is, oh boy, I've heard it described <laughs> as a... Uh, as a point-and-click adventure game crossed with a first-person shooter uh, from the 90s uh, with FMV and 
all the good stuff that you want from like 1997 era PC games. Yeah, like that weird style of 3D uh, you associate with like Doom. Yeah. So I'm really pumped. Uh, I don't know jack shit about this, uh, but I saw it and said, we're going to play it, and nobody could stop me. And I know even less than that. <laughs> I don't I don't know Jill shit. You don't know Jill sh- Jack or Jill shit. The Starring Adam Sandler? <laughs> Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter, our email the YouTube, which contains all of our old episodes, including episodes that we did on Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 4, <laughs> uh, the medium that we did last year. Uh, was that last year? Yeah. Damn time. Damn time. Goddamn time. Uh, among many others. Mm-hmm. If you like the more haunted housey shit, uh, Outlast, Amnesia fucking bendies next week for pocket uh fatal frame oh yeah it's got a, a camera obscura it does have a camera obscura is survival horror totally counts um see i don't know what i want you to do to that like button but i bet it's gonna be gross scroll through all of your harpoon bolts to find the shock button to hit the subscribe. I could post, I bet I could post a YouTube comment faster than I could <laughs> select the bolt that I want out of that menu. Uh, That's what I think. Mm-hmm.